I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, folks. Jeremy here from the Sick Boy Podcast. Uh, First of all, let me just say this. Our live show is happening in a couple of days. July 8th. Uh, the evening of July 8th. If you don't have your ticket, you can still get them. You can go over to sickboypodcast.com slash shows, or alternatively, you could go to patreon.com slash sickboy, and uh, if you could become a patron, you can get into the show for free, and all of our digital live shows for free. Uh, I think this is something we're going to continue to do even once the world opens back up. So go get your tickets. Live show happening Wednesday, July 8th. Can't wait to see you there. Now, This week, we've got something kind of special. As we all know, COVID has swept through the planet and uh, effectively has fucked up everything. And uh, the Olympics are one of those things that got fucked up. The Olympics have been postponed. um, and, uh, And actually, early days, even before the Olympics got postponed, Canada was the first country, one of the first countries, to actually pull their athletes out of the Olympics, um, uh, as COVID was kind of becoming a big issue. And this week, uh, we've we've teamed up with the Canadian Olympic Committee to talk to a couple of the athletes that have been affected by this decision. So first, we are coming at you with... A, it's, it's a double header, folks. We've got a double header coming at you. Um, so buckle up. It's, it's a really wonderful time. Our first guest is uh, Melissa Humana Paredes. I probably butchered that but I tried my best. Uh, She is an Olympic volleyball player and just an absolute fucking gem of a human. We had so much fun talking to her. Um, And then then following that, we speak to Alex Hindman. He is a paracyclist and a Paralympic hopeful. Um, And we we really, really are stoked about these conversations. A couple of wonderful guests, and uh, we hope you enjoy... Uh, what they bring to the table because it's it's wildly fascinating. Um, and listen, I'll I'll be back at the very end of this to kind of wrap things up. So in the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guests are Melissa and Alex, an Olympic and Paralympic hopeful who had their dreams stripped away from them due to COVID nineteen. Let's talk about it. How do you pronounce your last name? Is it is it is it Humana or Humana? Paradise. I'm I'm a fucking butcher it. Mm. Do you want it in English or in Spanish? Oh, I want it in Spanish. Okay, it would be Umana Paredes. Oh, oh. oh, here we go. This is the challenge. Do it one more time. Okay, Umana Paredes. Umana Paredes. Yeah, that's actually okay. Not okay. Bad. Okay. Here we go. We are sitting here with our new friend Melissa Umana Paredes. <laughs> that was very that was close. You was got good. the first time. The first time was much better. It was. Do you know what? I'll fix it in post, and I'll take the first time, and then I'll just I'll add it there. Uh, <laughs> Melissa, uh, hello. First of all, hello. Hello. Secondly, hey, uh, Melissa, I just want to say before because I feel weird not saying this before we start recording. Um, you played 
beach volleyball at the uh, Junior World Championships that took place in Halifax, Nova Scotia yes. in 2011. Yeah, you did your research. I was there. I I, I watched you play, and it was yeah. uh, and it was really great. I was cheering you on. So I feel like I kind of know you because like the whole audience was behind you at that event. Oh my god, that was like ten years ago almost. It was yeah, almost. Whoa, that was ten years ago. Holy shit, that's so yeah, long ago. That. Did we, we win? Yeah. I think you were. I think you got a silver medal. <gasps> that was a good one. You saw a good one. <laughs> nice. That was my very first international medal, by the way. That was. Oh, well, um, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, Bri, you, you kind of laid it out there. We're, we're speaking to Melissa, who is a um, – have you – okay, I, I want to I get this correct because I, I fucked this up the last time we spoke to a, a potential Paralympic hopeful. Mm. Melissa, are you an Olympian or are you a Canadian Olympic hopeful? Yes. Have you been to the Olympics before, I guess, is the question. There's so many asterisks in answering this question, which is unfortunate. So I'm just going to – I'm going to lay it out for you. I was in – Rio for the 2016 Olympics as an alternate. So I was there, but it doesn't count. I was not on the playing field, not an Olympian. I have qualified for Tokyo 2020, but we're not there yet. So again, mm-hmm. borderline, um, not an Olympian, but not a hopeful in the sense that I've already qualified. Right. Hoping that it goes on next yeah. year. <laughs> But I mean, right. it, so, in my eyes, in my eyes, and I think in pretty much everyone else's eyes, you're a fucking Olympian. <laughs> I mean, once you once you qualify, it's like, look, I am an Olympian. Right. The rest is semantics. But, you know, but what whatever. about so? So I'm curious because uh, I know a lot of athletes, you know, there hasn't been a lot of qualification qualification events for different sports that would be hopefully competing in the Tokyo what was 2020 Olympic Games and what is now possibly the 2021 Olympic Games. So is like how secure do you feel about your spot as a Canadian representing uh, our country at the 2021 potentially later Olympic Games? Um the next Very Olympic Games. <laughs> well, maybe the next Olymp- Olympic Games, right? Yeah. We don't wow. know. Wow. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of unknowns. I do feel confident um, in our position. We have earned our spot and we've earned that berth. Um, there's, I think, about 40% of athletes that have not qualified at all. And no one knows what their qualification process is going to look like. But we have qualified. Yeah, wow. We won the World Championships last year. So we got an automatic berth to go to the Olympics. Um, we earned that spot outright and so if the olympics go on when the olympics go on um you will be we will there. be there yeah so okay. for, for our listeners just to kind of lay this out uh, melissa you are you are a, a, a volleyball player an olympic volleyballer yeah <laughs> if you if one will is that is that actually it? I just fucking threw that yeah, out there. Volleyballer. Volleyballer. Uh, you're a left side defender, and your partner is Sarah P- Pavin or Pavin. Pavin. Don't get it mixed uh, up. Some pra- people mess pra- it yeah, up. Yeah, Pavin. Oh, oh, no. Trust me. Wouldn't want to get mixed up. The largest woman I've ever seen in my entire life, and I would I would tallest. never. I think you say tallest. Tallest. Lar- I mean, lar- large as in height from from floor to ceiling. <laughs> the tallest person. Maybe on the planet, um, which I think also just kind of gives you guys a huge uh, advantage in the on the on the on the 
the pitch or the, it's a, it's a court. the in, it, within the court. sand the sandbox the sandbox oh court yeah right oh God. I prefer sandbox uh, Jeremy didn't per- Jeremy didn't participate in, in many athletics past the age of, of did you 13. go to gym class? Whoa. whoa hey listen all right listen I have cystic fibrosis guys this is very ableist of you and I I'm gonna I'm reporting all of you uh, listen playing that card God yeah just because you guys were on the hockey were on the the hockey court and the and the scoring paddling those, field scoring those hockey touchdowns um, uh, so you you've been you've been training your entire life to do to do this one thing which is to to go to like the the most important event the sporting event in in the history of the world um and it's it's been very rare i think we looked this up actually when we were speaking uh to our a, a past potential uh paralympian where we looked up the fact that the olympics have have only been canceled or postponed i think is it one other time before or was it two i i, I, I forget like i think it was, it was two, the world war possibly one yeah it was the world, world wars yeah World Wars, right. So this is like, this is kind of a historical moment for athletes across the world. Um, and, you know, I, as, as, a, as an athlete in my past, and Brian and, and Taylor both also athletes in their past, um, I... Come on, I, still, I'm still an athlete, and so uh, is Taylor, oh, I think. For, Taylor, okay. right? Just because you wear a fucking whoop strap doesn't mean you're an athlete, all right? <laughs> um, uh, you know, as, as past athletes, I... I have a I have a glimmer of a sense of what it feels like to to you know not qualify or or not be able to attend a certain event and it's like it's it's gut wrenching but to put myself in the position of like of of having the 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 pinnacle of your entire career kind of have that rug being swept out from underneath you um I can't wrap my head around how gut wrenching that that must have felt what was the you know when covid started happening obviously you were i'm i'm assuming that the thoughts of like oh what does this mean for my career what does this mean for for this huge event um those thoughts maybe came a lot earlier than a lot of people who were you know potentially thinking about watching the olympics how how soon did you start to think that this could be a thing where you might not be able to live out your dream in 2020 that you have been training so hard for, for your entire life. Interestingly enough, I think I may have been in denial. It hit me later. Mm. Um, Things started to happen quickly, but slowly at the same time. So one at a time, our tournaments were starting to get canceled and it still didn't hit me that might, that maybe the Olympics might get Mm. postponed or canceled. Um, I was still very hopeful um, I, I trained in LA and we were there. We were a week out from our very first tournament of the season, um, in Mexico and it got canceled a week before. And so then we had a conversation with our team that said, maybe you should go back to Canada, um, for a little bit, just to see how this COVID thing pans out there was talk of borders closing and whatnot. So we decided it's better. I go Canada. I'm covered here. You know, it's just mm. the best. So I came back to Canada And then as soon as I landed, borders were closed. Within a week, the COC decided to pull out of the Olympic Games um, for the summer. COC being the Canadian Olympic Committee? The Canadian Olympic Committee. Yep. And um, And they were pretty quick to do that, right? Like they were, like, did, did, at the time, did, when that happened, were you like, whoa, 
Why? Or, or d- were you thinking that was a good decision at the time? Oh, yes. Um, I'm actually part of the Athletes Commission for the Canadian Olympic Committee. So I was privy to some conversations and information before that decision came out. But still, when it came out, I, it's not how I expected it to come out. It's not kind of the, the route that I thought we were going to go. But within a few hours, the next morning, I woke up and I knew that it was the right decision. It was so fast, but it was done in, in, it was done for the athletes. It was done for people. Mm -hmm. It was done for the greater good. It was done for bigger than sport. Mm -hmm. That was the Mm -hmm. message behind that. And they were trying to put pressure on the IOC and it worked Mm -hmm. the next day. The IOC ended up postponing. There were a couple other countries that banded with us, Australia, I think great Britain. Um, and they decided to also boycott for lack of a better term, the Olympics this year, but they just really wanted to put pressure on. And then the Olympics were postponed and that all happened within 48 hours. And I was blindsided, even though Mm. there were signs beforehand, I was a part of some conversations that were leaning toward that direction. And then after that, it was this immense roller coaster of emotions that I had never experienced before. And the stages of grief were very real, Mm. which I was in denial about again, because I kept, I kept going back and forth between, you know, there are people dying because of this on on the other side of the world. People have it a lot worse than I do right now. I don't, I can't feel guilty about this. I can't mourn this right now because it's bigger than me and it's bigger than this. But then I also would go back and forth between, no, I've been working for this since I was four years old. This was my Mm -hmm. dream. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had, the last four years were an incredible lead up to where we are now. This is what we planned for the last four years. And in a matter of 48 hours, it's gone. So mm. yeah, it was, what, was there, was there a piece of that frustration that was, that kind of came out of the fact that you guys had just won the the world championships too. And like, you're, you know, I, I know from my experience as an athlete that like you have these years where you just feel like this is my year. And then you have years where there's a little bit of a lull and maybe your performance is just off by a bit. So like when you're coming off a world championship, win, you're probably feeling pretty optimistic about the upcoming season, was that a piece of where that frustration and um, like, Sadness came yeah, from? Yeah, totally. Um, we were going in as the reigning world champs. We had a lot of good momentum on our side and we were feeling good and things were clicking. We had, our systems were working and we, you know, we were four months out of the Olympics and they got canceled. And so mm. it was, yeah, it hit heavy. And um, again, though, I, I was trying to put things into perspective because yes, we had our Olympic dream taken away from us, but you know, it was just postponed. It wasn't canceled. And we were still going in as the reigning Mm -hmm. world champs and just always trying to find that silver lining that we had, we had qualified and nobody else has qualified yet. So, you know, we're in a fortunate Mm -hmm. position. We're not, you know, sitting in our living rooms trying to figure out how we're going to come out of this to qualify for the Olympics. Um, so again, Mm -hmm. I would, I would just beat myself up about recognizing my privilege and recognizing, um, how lucky I was to be where I was in a way. And I think that made it harder Mm. to deal with all Mm. the emotion that did eventually catch up to me. Right. But I I mean, like the thing that you got to keep in mind though, too, is that like, you know, trauma, trauma is subjective to, to all of us. Like, like we're, we all to sit there and beat yourself up about it is, is, is kind of counterproductive because 
we, yes, there's people out there that are dying because of COVID. And thankfully, I, there's no one that I know who has died because of it. And I haven't caught it. And I'm, and, and I'm, you know, I'm doing relatively, I'm doing okay. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I'm still going to struggle. I'm still going to have a really hard time with mm-hmm. the way that I'm dealing with the fact that, you know, the, 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 the entire world's going through this, um, this traumatic event. Like, again, we're all in this together, you know, like we're all suffering from this illness in some way or another. And that's something that we come to on this podcast, like time and time again, it doesn't matter if you're, if you don't directly, if you don't, you know, necessarily directly have an illness, we're all affected by illness in Mm -hmm. some way, Mm -hmm. you know, like we, we all get struck by it. And so to, to, I think it, I think it's probably uh, valuable to like take that time to go, okay, well, you know, finding the silver lining or, or, or sitting back and going, okay, well, it could be worse, but also just as yes. valuable to sit in the shit and the discomfort and be okay and, and be okay with like feeling the feelings that 100%. just naturally come with yeah. that, you know? I mean, when you, when you're, when you're at the pinnacle of your sport, I think one of the things that, you know, in my in my um, in my experience um, in uh, hockey, my whole life, I never kind of made it to the top, but came pretty came pretty damn close in rel- in relativity to. The I mean, close enough to, to have a whoop strap. Um, yeah, uh, subscription yeah, so to have a whoop. I've got a whoop subscription, so I came so, pretty damn close. I yeah. I know. And uh, <laughs> but one of the things that makes athletes so special at the top of their sport is their ability to be single to have a single focus, to be single-minded about something and to go and to be able to wake up day in and day out and put in the <laughs> volume of training and commitment that, that it takes to be at that, that, to be at that peak, which is, which just the, the commitment on the training side, not even not, not, let alone the competition side is the thing that gets athletes, I think, to where they, to, to where they, they get to be at the peak. And, you know, being in that position where, all of a sudden this like world shaking event happens and all of a sudden like you're you're struggling with those feelings of wow my like my endeavor seems so small right now because of the like grandeur of the world's issue right now but recognizing at the same time like that is the thing that you have that you wake up every morning with your eye on the prize putting time into that and so i think it's like it's like in that moment it's or in that time it's really valuable to have that that sort of double that two-sided perspective like the sort of like woe is me because this sucks i put every second of my life into mm. into into getting this goal but at the same time like the world is basically on fire right now and you I know, still have my health and I still yeah. have my yeah yeah exactly exactly how, I, I mean, how do you how do you um how has your training changed during this? Because like, obviously you come home and you know, you have to figure out like, well, the plan is different now. Um, the Olympics aren't this summer, but they're going to still happen. So, so like, how does that shift your training and what are you doing in the meantime? Oh my goodness. It's been so difficult. Uh, like the first week of COVID when I, when I first landed in Canada, uh, the Olympics were still on for July this summer. And so I was training out of the Olympics or for the Olympics out of my living room with um, some dumbbells, kettlebells, some bands and stuff. I had it pretty good compared to some other athletes. But I remember being so angry because I was like, this is so unfair. I've trained so hard for this, and now I have to prepare for the Olympics out of my living room. <laughs> I can't even go on a beach. I can't play beach volleyball. I have to like stay somewhat fit with 
the equipment that I have in my living room. I you don't like have a sandbox in your yeah. backyard? <laughs> no, but that is a great idea. And after COVID, it's going in now. <laughs> wait, 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 where is your case. partner located? Is your partner in the same city as you? She is in California. Her and her husband have a place there. So um, she's originally from Kitchener, Ontario. Um, but we decided to part ways, um, which was also really hard. And I got stuck in Canada. Borders were closed. And she got stuck mm. in L.A. Um and so, yeah, we, we've been apart. This is as long as we've actually ever been apart. But mm-hmm. um, the training has looked very different. And it took a lot of conversations with our team, with our coach and our strength coach, therapist, to kind of walk me through what the next who knows how long would look like. Um, mm. And so we took this opportunity to kind of come to terms with the fact that I will lose some of the gains that I've made gearing up towards the Olympics. I'm going to lose muscle. I'm going to lose my strength and I'm going to have to look yeah. at other things that I'm going to have to work on. And so we, we focused a lot on working on some of the weaknesses I had that I didn't get to touch before the Olympics, which was honestly a blessing in disguise because I might actually come out of this stronger than, um, had I not had this time. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, it makes me think about how, how cool I feel now knowing that, me doing workouts at home is the same as me doing workout as any other Olympic athlete. Like I, you know what? My, Jared, how my many workouts have you done at home? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, I like, I can't even count. Too many. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, like this. a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. That yeah. might be a hundred percent. Too many. Is there, uh, is there, um, is there a plan of like, do you have a goal now of when you're planning on meeting back up with your, your partner is like that just kind of like still in the indefinite future because obviously the borders are still closed and you can't go back to the state. Well, this is Brian, before we started recording, I was like, and Melissa kept disconnecting because her internet shit and it's not me. It's her. Uh, uh, yeah. Athlete. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's that me. athletic <laughs> internet. Uh, she said something that I found that I said to you guys, I was like, yo, Melissa's going to say something that's fucking wickety wackety wild. And I think this is it right here. What did you tell me right before we started recording, Melissa? Now's the time to tell everyone. This is it. I am flying to LA in three days. How do you feel about that? Like so many emotions, but but also how? Yes, yeah. right. Because like there, there's there must be some loopholes there because there are. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, this podcast going to come at a better time too because literally two days ago the announcement came out that um, a league that we play in in the States, it's called the AVP. They're putting on a special championship cup for a select amount of teams. And we're one of those teams. Um, and so I was planning on initially going back home to Toronto on the weekend, surprise my, my father's for father's day. Um, and then I had to change my flight and reroute it to LA because there is a loophole. Borders are closed for foot traffic, cars, trains, and ferries. You can travel in the air. Hmm. To I guess I guess I did oh. I did as well when I came home the borders were closed then yeah, yeah but you were a Canadian returning back to Canada you were right? a Canadian that was being rescued <laughs> yes dude yes yes I mean you know what we could we can do an episode two on Sunday see if I make it through the borders but I'm pretty sure yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah, right. sure it's it's gonna be fine wow but it's now but now what about what man. about you trying to get back though 
I will be fine getting back. I'll have to quarantine. Um, right. Okay. But yeah, a lot of emotions. Like honestly, wow. you know, in the are you States, scared? It, are you yes. nervous? Yeah. Yes, to both. Because like, but also so excited. Because like it, it's you know I was I was looking actually today I was looking at because today as it stands today here in Halifax we are nine days without any new cases <gasps> and so I I out of curiosity I went through. Uh, N N C O V I D 2019, I think is the website N C O V I D 2019.com. And they have like a very up to date number of like what's going on around the world. And you can break that down country by state by province. And so I wanted to like, look at where Nova Scotia stood versus the other provinces to figure out like, you know, where, where are new cases coming in? And I saw that Vancouver was like, you know, that I think they had like five new cases yesterday or something. I know you're in Victoria. I didn't see Victoria. I didn't look that, that far, but you know, there's, are you guys at zero? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're going down to the U S where the U S is like an absolute fucking shit show. Like it is, you know, it's like, it's there's, we were talking about this yesterday. I think Tay, where there's several States where they're, you know, like, you know, they're talking about Florida being a new epicenter. And, and so, like if I if I for some reason was like I don't know the three of us were like ah we're going down to the the podcast summit in L A mm-hmm. I'd be very nervous you know I'd be like I'd be kind Jerry, of shit you're my, nervous to walk out your front door dude I do well in today, Halifax today I wasn't I went to my sister's <laughs> today and I kissed my nephews and Aww. I hugged a stranger it was nice yeah it was great I think we I think we I we kind of asked this question and we 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 th- we asked if anybody knew if anybody knew the answer to to let us know um or if they had any idea about it to let us know and I don't think anybody did but um I know that and and I get this probably applies more to like endurance endur- endurance athletes uh more so than I'm um, than Me. <laughs> um uh than like volleyball athletes um but I know that like the way that athletes Everyone, there's been a big story, a big thing around like, oh, well, you know, the the more likely people to get COVID are, you know, if you have underlying health problems, if you are um, live a sedentary lifestyle, uh, you know, if you smoke, if you got whatever, all these issues. And, you know, athletes don't tend to have many of those problems. Not that athletes can't be sick or have underlying health issues, but um, on average, they're probably less likely. Um, and... But the volume of training that a lot of athletes do, you start to, I know that you're really straddling the line between like pushing your body to the point where it can become, where where the, your immune system is not really operating that great because you're pushing it, you're pushing it so hard in the training that you're doing that you're actually leaving yourself quite vulnerable to becoming, to becoming sick. Um, like, have you, has there been any like education or anything? Have you heard anything from... I don't know, like exercise physiologists about like any of this stuff where you could be opening yourself up to uh, the potential of like a higher risk of getting COVID or anything like that with with, with like overtraining and stuff like that. Mm. That's really interesting. No, I haven't actually directly heard any of that from our team or from our, our medicine doctors. Um, nothing like that has come up, but I, I do think that there is truth to that. There are times where, you know, after a really hard week of training, I will maybe get a little bit of a cold because maybe my Mm. immune system took a shot Mm -hmm. or if I feel something coming on and I continue to train really hard, it does make it slightly worse. I'm not giving the body any time to recover. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, yeah, I could see how that would be problematic. Um, 
I would be curious. I know there are some athletes that have gotten it and I'm curious to know how they come back. I've seen some athletes post some stories, uh, especially endurance athletes, as you said, um, cause this is kind of, it does target your respiratory, um, Mm-hmm. really badly. And so some runners who typically run long distances can't quite reach those distances the same way anymore. So it would be really interesting to see mm. um, how it does affect those athletes that have gotten it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I guess like the effect of like in like the worst case scenario, I mean, imagine, I guess if the Olympics had gone forward and maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, you put a whole bunch of people together that are just like, they're totally physically on the limit and then you get some type of like outbreak within the Olympic Village or something like that. I mean, I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm, I mean, we're talking it's like film. COVID <laughs> and herpes. You know, it's yeah. like because I know. It's I, just I, like I've heard crazy, the stories. I know. It's a I know. One huge orgy <laughs> with COVID. And then you should know they do provide condoms. <laughs> so I've heard. So yeah. I've heard. They're very safe. Very safe over there. I see a film. I see a script coming on here. <laughs> yeah yeah totally totally yeah Mm -hmm. i'm down um but yes (laughs) (laughs) we got sidetracked with covid orgies um um, oh just like how like the 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 kind of like worst case scenario i guess of like you know if you had all these athletes who are physically pushing it to the limit and they their immune systems are sort of like wavering on the super strong to like breaking down yeah. um, sort of line. And then, you know, you get a COVID outbreak in the Olympic village and like, how does that, how does that yeah. look amongst, amongst athletes that are just on the limit like that? I mean, and yeah, a, a couple things too. It's typically athletes um, because of our lifestyles, we do have fairly strong immune systems. So that is the other side of it. And it would take a lot mm-hmm. to kind of take us down, I guess. Um, yeah. But we're also really trusting that the IOC and the Japanese Olympic committee that they're, doing everything possible to make sure that the Olympic mm. village is safe because they also don't want an influx of people potentially carrying COVID to come mm-hmm. into their mm-hmm. country. Um, and yeah. you know, we're doing the best we can to stay healthy, but we're also hoping that others that have, um, more power are doing the same in terms of getting a vaccine, hopefully, um, just mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. But yeah, that is definitely a concern. Yeah. I yeah. think the Olympics will, will look very different than any other games we've ever had before. Um, Mm-hmm. but yeah what 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 about so okay you know let we're 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 sitting here making the 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 statement and the assumption that like olympic athletes and and rightly so like they're you know you guys are pretty much like brian and taylor like if you wear a whoop strap you are a specimen that 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 i'm sorry i have to interrupt with. i don't um, know and, what and a whoop so- strap is <laughs> i just oh oh you just need just just oh, google it. the professional <laughs> athlete Wait, doesn't know what a whoop strap is anyway uh throwing to our sponsor thro- throwing to this week's sponsor this episode is brought to you by whoop uh no it's not but i wish it was actually no taylor and i are going to put both of our uh, our whoop our whoop uh, referral links in the this in the show notes to this fucking... episode so if you want to sign up uh, you can get us a free month Wait, you're going like to love it no no yeah, it's, really yeah, like a it's exactly it's like a it's like a much it's like a much more it's like a much more practical fitbit that totally. actually does that actually does something totally way more practical anyway my whole point there was <laughs> was that uh you know you you athletes are you are you are the the pinnacle of 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 like peak performance of human optimization of of health right 
Or at least like that's how people would assume that you are. <laughs> and and you know <laughs> you know, like like Olympic Olympic athletes. Or at least that's what people think. Yeah. yeah uh, that's what we make you think. That's right. But Olympic athletes aren't aren't um that you aren't susceptible to getting sick, you aren't susceptible to illness, you're not susceptible to disease. Um however, one thing that you you most certainly aren't susceptible to is um is is degrading mental health. And especially at a point where, so, and this is something that I can very much relate to. And I, I think that pretty much like anybody listening to this, I, or, or at least a lot of people listening to this can probably relate to, which is that having your, having something that you've put so much of your, your life's work or energy into kind of taken away from you can have such a detrimental effect on your mental health. And this is something that has happened to me and I'm, I'm very familiar with, I, you know, I, I, Brian Taylor, I can't really speak for you guys, but I'm sure you, you, you are aware of like what that feels like and how heavy that can be on your, on your mental health and, and you know, how, um, how fragile our mental health can be in those, in those moments. So I guess my, my question here, long winded question is how, having your dreams, you know, kind of stripped from you in these moments, how has that affected your mental health? Uh, drastically, it has affected my mental health and in ways that I didn't really comprehend or foresee happening. Um, I would say I'm a very optimistic, positive person. Um, if you ask people who know me, I'm very joyful. I'm like the happy one. And I kind of saw a new Melissa the last little bit during COVID and, and trying to make sense of all of this and figure out what I'm supposed to do now, who I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm, that's my identity. I'm an athlete and I got it ripped away from me. So I had to kind of also struggle on who I am outside of sports and um, kind of question what I stand for and who I want to be when I don't have this joy and love of mine mm. that I'm so deeply rooted in my identity. Um, and that was really hard to come to terms with. It was like a huge rude awakening to realize that, Oh, is this all that I have? Like, what if it does get taken away from mm. me? Which it kind of did for, for a little bit. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was really hard because I'm also used to having an outlet, like, going to training and going yeah. to the beach and being with my teammates. I'm, ha I'm used to having that outlet and that is a way that I can improve and enhance my mental health. And, mm. um, I, I don't have that anymore. So I had to find other ways to do it. And it was, it was really challenging. Did it, did it make you think about, um, and this is kind of shifting away from the mental health thing, but like, did it, did it make you think, about like an exit strategy or like, or think about your future a little mm -hmm. bit more. You know, it's like, I like the, the reason why this relates to me so much is that I, I, I went to school and studied acting and I had like a, I had a career in acting and then all of a sudden there was this thing that happened to like a, you know, within the Nova Scotia government that, that, sh that took away a bunch of funding within that world. And so everybody in the industry here in Nova Scotia like left because there there was no incentive for anyone to come up here and create work anymore. And I remember when that happened, I had this like existential fucking crisis where I was going, "Oh my god, this is all I've done my whole life. I don't have like I don't have any other skills. What like what am I going to what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Like what do I what what do I do if if acting like isn't a thing anymore, you know?" 
have you have you put thought has it forced you to put thought into okay what's my future like what's my future when my body can't do this sport anymore what's my future when when sport isn't a thing anymore due to you know some some horrible future disease that wipes out the planet you know like have you have you gone there it's, at all? Yeah, yeah i've had to it's forced me to and thank you for bringing it up again because it's such a good place to be and to think about it's not actually it's really <laughs> um really hard yeah, yeah. um but and it's funny because my life i had planned to do at least a couple more olympic runs as well so i wasn't like I wasn't planning right. on retiring or the idea of ending sports was not in the forefront of my mind at all. Um, I would, I'd say mm-hmm. I'm fairly young in my sport as well. So um, I had a healthy career in front of me. And um, after sports too, I was kind of one of those athletes that was like, you know, I think I'll make some good connections along the way. And, you know, the, the sport world has given me mm-hmm. so much. I, I want to stay within the sports world. But what if it's not there for mm-hmm. me anymore? Yeah, I had to really mm-hmm. question that and kind of right. look at, what else I have to offer? Um, looking at different schooling, I do love to learn. I, you being a part of sports, and and I, it, I had to take on a whole new responsibility of being a role model for young athletes and young girls, and mm. wanting to give back to the community in certain ways. So I was trying to figure out ways to do that, maybe. But it all pertained to being an athlete and being in the sports world. So mm. I did have to mm. get really creative. Um, I can't say I have an answer. <laughs> that, that's that's really. Well, right. I think that's probably a really out. good practice run for the day where like where the where what happens to every athlete on the face of the planet ever is you have to leave the sport. You have to stop yeah. competing in the sport well, at the same level. And I remember that leaving leaving sport was the single hardest just like single decision that I ever made. And it was the scariest one I ever made. And but then you got that whoop strap subscription. Then I, the, and then I got the whoop yeah, and it was fine after was that. Good. But it was, but not, not being able to like at that time, not being able, like it was almost like there was a brick wall that, that when, when sport came to an end, I came to the brick wall and I couldn't see past it. But, and, and I wonder if this will, I wonder if this provides like a nice, like a test run for you, like to, to, to think to have that thought maybe sooner than you might have that not that it's time to move on from sport or that you're in the position where you have to or whatever but that it just like you have to you contemplate it. i mean we talk about death on the show a lot and and the fact that yeah. most of us are so scared about it because we don't we don't think about it even though it's the one thing that we're all that we're all going to face at some point no matter what and um and that meditating on it thinking about it is what allows us to become like more at one, more at peace with it. Um, and I think probably the same can be said with basically any tough decision that we're inevitably going to have to face in our the, lives. The the interesting thing though, and the thing I was kind of hearing you say, Melissa, is like I I was thinking about that inevitable end of the sporting career where you know so many athletes struggle with that transition to the next chapter of their life. But you know, hearing you say that you've been contemplating, like I was thinking. Oh geez, what a blessing and a curse! Like the 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 fact that you have to face this now. Yes, it sucks, but it, but it is like that trial run that Taylor referred to. But then in hearing you talk about it, I was thinking, you know, you are kind of facing this reality of like sport not being there at all, and like and and so the trial run for this thing that athletes inevitably face might look a lot different than what you know 
we all may have anticipated that transition would be like if COVID-19 never happened, right? Yeah, it's true. No, you, that, it's very true. Um, I think this has prepared me more than I uh, anticipated for sure. I think I definitely saw COVID-19 and, and all of this break as such a negative and I was just so angry. Like there was just so much anger towards this. Um, but it took me some time and I, I really do see it being more of a positive. I think we will come out of this stronger, Mm. um, physically, honestly, and mentally. And I think as a team as well, we'll come out stronger. I think as a nation and as a world, Mm -hmm. I hope we will come out stronger. Um, and I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's prepared me for a lot of things that I refuse to think about because I didn't have to, but that it forced me to. So, um, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's, mm. it's, there is a mm. silver lining here. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now, what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The Olympics always has this like very... I don't know. I just, I, I, the Olympics always has a way. I mean, it's that thing that every, well, every, every two years with, with when you get the summer and then the winter, you feel it, it, it feels like it, 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 it does exactly what I think the big, the brand of the Olympics says it does, which is like brings yeah. the world together. Like it makes you, mm. it makes the whole world feel like we're all there. Like we're all in it together, watching, competing, cheering. And mm. I, I I feel like that will just get turned up to 11 in when this Olympic Games happens because of the shit that the world has gone through. I totally it's agree. Gonna be, yeah, it's going to be wild. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be a huge celebration of just like humanity, not yeah. just sports, but yeah. just like bringing no, everybody yeah. together for this. I think this mm-hmm. might be one of the first events coming out of COVID where, you know, all eyes are on it and it, and it brings people together Um Mm-hmm. Maybe I probably I should eat my words. I don't know if that's true. Who knows? You know, I mean, as long as as long as it's at least as they at least do what they're doing here in Nova Scotia is mm-hmm. they just opened up uh, groups of 50 or wow. more can gather. So if they have 50 people at the Olympics of 2021, I mean, that would be that's the dream. That really? Cra- that would be yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, right now, like anything more than 50 is the dream. Like, that's just wild. Well, I'll be watching it on Zoom. Zoom. Stop talking about the, yeah. the Tiger King. Yeah, I got to tell you, like, I attended a Zoom funeral this year, and that shit, like, Zoom is a new part of my life now. Like, it's just so crazy. Every day. Think. I think I use, I think yeah. I use Zoom every really, day. Really should have invested. I don't know if you guys knew this, just on that point. There was this company that was called, so Zoom is called, I think Zoom Technologies is its actual name. Zoom and Robotics. Then a, and then there was another company called Zoom something, and somehow... Everyone got confused and thought that this other company with the name Zoom in it was was like was the Zoom, Zoom meeting, and they bought all the and shares. the shares like skyrocketed like a thousand no percent in a day, way. and like a ton of people lost a bunch of money, and it was just like this whole like crazy thing in the market. Anyway, that's wild. Um, <laughs> well, hey, I'm looking forward note. to uh, to bring this full circle, Melissa. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you play beach volleyball again, but this time. 
on the Olympic stage and this time bringing home the gold medal. Ayo. Oh, wow. wow. Right. It's almost like you wrote that down and then said it. <laughs> From, yeah. the, from the page. Is that where you went just a couple <laughs> seconds ago when you said you were frozen? Yeah. You were just <laughs> I was trying to think about it, right? The perfect ending, but. Melissa, <laughs> did you know that obstacles are the things that you see when you take your eye off of your goal? <laughs> no. I just read that off my wall. It's, yeah. it's written, it's written yeah. right there. Okay. Wow. That's, that's also, I think, I believe that's the, the quote that's written on, uh, on uh, uh, what's that fucking whoopstrap.com. So, anyway, this episode's been brought to you by Whoop. Uh, Melissa, so thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and share your experience with us because, uh, you know, like we said, this is, this is something that we are all going through collectively and, and there's something, there's something really valuable, I think, in taking the time to sit down and, and to hear the experience of, of somebody else who is going through something that we are all currently going through, which is really the, the, the backbone of what this entire show is all about. And so, uh, thank you for taking the time to share your experience and share your story. And, uh, and it means a lot. And I hope I'm fucking crossing my fingers. I hope LA is yes. the sickest time ever. And I hope you guys yeah. do really well. Um, I can't imagine how excited you must be. And, and, uh, and we're rooting for you. And, and, and if people want to follow along about, you know, follow your journey and follow what you're up to, uh, where can they find you? Great questions. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm honored uh, to be here and to be able to share my story with you. It's been so much fun chatting with you all. And if you do want to follow me, I have Instagram, um, Melissa Humana Paredes on Instagram. And I have a YouTube channel. Oh, yes. oh yeah. It's the same thing. It's Melissa Humana Paredes. Um, so go you know, follow me and I will be posting about my journey to LA. Mm -hmm. And um, thank you. I'm very excited and I'm very nervous, but I'm excited that I can, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm doing something again and I feel like I'm like fulfilling a purpose again. And you know, it's good. It's a good feeling. Short-term goals are good. Sweet. Well, we'll, we'll be following along for sure. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thanks you guys. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break. The Dose from CBC Podcasts is a new weekly health podcast hosted by Dr. Brian Goldman that cuts through the confusion as we live through a global pandemic. Each week, top experts answer your most pressing questions about the coronavirus and other health topics, providing the latest evidence in a way that's easy to understand. It's your guide to getting through this difficult time. You can subscribe to The Dose wherever you get your podcasts. Well, uh, this is uh, this is going to be a fun conversation. Uh, Alex, <laughs> nice to nice to meet you. Where, where are you calling from? Uh, from Blenheim, Ontario. So pretty much we're about 20 minutes from the most southern point of Canada. Blenheim? Yeah. Blenheim. 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 Yeah. Sounds like you just it just fell out of your mouth the, the, the <laughs> name of the town. Well, Blood I'm up. actually I'm closer to Morpeth. That helps. Now you're just making shit up. Um, <laughs> I've never uh, heard of those places before. That's I actually crazy. haven't either. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, uh, Alex, you are. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to you because you are you are uh, your para Paralympic athlete. Is that is that uh, the correct term? Or I am or, hoping or, to be a Paralympic athlete. Paralympian uh, hopeful. I guess a, paral- a Paralympic hopeful. There we yeah. go. All right. 
And your uh, your sport of choice is uh, paracycling. 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 Yeah, and to be more specific, hand cycling. I guess you could put it. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, sweet. So I'm guessing that means that you either don't have legs or you don't have the use of your legs. Yeah, I don't have the use of my legs. I was paralyzed back in uh, 2009. Okay, how, so. what? Like, oh, so this wasn't something you were born with? No, no, no. So. Uh, obviously up till I was, uh, just before my 20th birthday, I was able to walk. Um, I was working on my way to work, fell asleep at the wheel, crashed my car, um, ended up getting ejected from the car, um, hit the ground and the car rolled on top of me. Oh Oh my God, dude. Dude, It sounds like a fucking like Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. So I don't remember much, uh, the last thing I remember is like uh, asking for water in the ambulance. And then uh, that was pretty much it. Yeah. So then the doctor came in on my 20th birthday and uh, let me know that I was never going to walk again. So happy birthday birthday to me. Jesus. How fast, how fast after being in, after like getting into the hospital after the accident, did they make that, did they come to that conclusion? Uh, I would imagine it was pretty quick. I mean, they have to, because it's a classified as catastrophic. So it's over 50% of my body was injured. Uh, they have to wait so long. So I, I think I was injured. I was injured in the end of September and my birthday is on October 15th. So a couple of weeks. Well, do you, did you, um, did you like remember, like how quickly did you realize that you were in the hospital and like in that you'd just been in like a, an accident? Uh, it's pretty tough to say because like, uh, within the first few days they have you, like they had me heavily sedated, um, doing back surgeries. Um, the one major thing I remember is, uh, I had dislocated my hip pretty bad, my left hip. So they, the one thing I remember is them holding me down, like four guys holding me down and a couple doctors like reefing on my leg as hard as they could trying to put it back into place and not being able to feel that. It was just kind of like, okay, I think something's up. And then just a few days laying in the hospital, you kind of, without anyone telling me, I came to the conclusion that, yeah, it was bad. Dude, how, how fucking wild is it that like, that that's um, like, that that is one of the ways that, that, that doctors work you know like it, there's like an injury so fucking crazy like that and they're like oh you know what guys all right like yeah. let's get a couple of big big uh let's go big custodian dudes in here and hold them down and we'll we'll just fucking start lawnmowering this guy's like yeah. body well, you think just- too, uh you th- i don't know if it was before or after the surgeries on my back but you think too like after i get run over by a fucking car that they wouldn't be reefing on my leg <laughs> yeah. like that like yeah, holding me yeah. down but yeah yeah so 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 i mean just just to like rewind a little bit you were you were driving were you driving at night no it was early in the morning like uh so to kind of give you a little context like i was working on a tobacco farm uh during harvest so we we're working like 16 hour days like three weeks leading up to this so i uh just yeah i just woke up super early started driving to work obviously didn't get enough sleep Oh, just wow. yeah. I mean, Taylor can definitely relate to being that tired in the morning. I remember Taylor used to tell me that uh, in the morning when he would wake up and his dad would like get him out of bed and get, he'd have to get ready to go to school. He would go into the so bathroom and turn on the shower and uh, and just sleep I, on the floor. 
<laughs> yeah, I would I would do that. Um I uh, luckily at that age I didn't drive. Drive. Falling asleep at the wheel is like one of my biggest fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm and you do so, so much driving, Brian. I mean yeah. you're doing you do like ten ten hour sessions on the regular. Well it looks like you're in a camper van there now, are you? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah. <laughs> um um Alex, so you were you were you were behind the wheel, you were driving, you fell asleep. Did you I take it you did you just like go off the road? You did you hit any other cars or, or was this just you uh, no, and your car? Oh, luckily it was just, just me and my car. So there's, it was at like six o'clock in the morning. So there wasn't very many people on the road. Um, yeah, I just, I remember like looking left and thinking like, oh, I should probably go get a coffee. It's super early. I haven't got much sleep, but I just went ahead anyway. And then, yeah, the next thing you know, I woke up in the ambulance. Wow. Fuck man. Was it, um, it, were you on a highway? No, just a, I wouldn't say it was a country road, but it was just like kind of a back road. Uh, just going towards the farm and then uh yeah i just fell asleep and then they think like i overcorrected when i woke up and right. the car spun around and went into the ditch on the other side backwards so you, oh, okay. you said it land like did the car land um i i know you don't have like recollection of this but did anyone tell you like you know when when first responders show up on the scene like are is the car literally just like like laying across your waist like is it is it is the the bottom half of you kind of smushed underneath the car no it was actually a, they they think like they don't know for sure obviously but an oncoming car that was like pretty far away seen my headlights didn't see my head- headlights and then see my taillights and then see me tumbling in the field but the car didn't the car just landed on top of me and then kept rolling so oh. i think when he found me i was just laying there in the field Oh my God, that's, fucking, that's so nuts. Well, that, so was the other, that was the other thing. I got lucky too, that there was a car coming in the other way that's seen it because yeah. who knows how long mm. I would have been out there. Yeah. So you're getting, so you, so you get brought to the hospital and then on your birthday, you find out that, you know, they tell you, you're not going to, you're not going to walk again. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is, you know, you, I, I guess you said you, you had had that, you had had that, that you had come to that kind of conclusion on your own while you were lying in, in, in some way you're lying yeah. there. You can tell, you can tell that, you know, you don't have the sensation. You can't feel, mm-hmm. you know, below your below your hips or wherever wherever it starts there. Your the lower half of your body. What is? What are the things that start to? What are the things that start to run through your head? I, either when you you kind of intuitively know that, and then I guess does it change when a doctor comes in and kind of just like actually puts, gives it to yeah, you? Yeah. Puts the like the punctuation on on what mm. you've been feeling. Well, like I kind of knew before that, obviously that before he had told me that I was never going to walk again I, at that time, I was like, you fucking prick. Like, why would you tell me this on my birthday? But I think leading up to that, like, obviously, like I remember coming to not being able to feel my legs kind of figured, okay, first thing I did was like reach down, make sure everything was still there. Cause I can't feel anything anymore. And then just from that, I guess like because I was so doped up, it took a, like a really long time. It wasn't until rehab really. Like, so it was like a, I think I was in the hospital for two months before I went to rehab. And then Damn. once I got there, that's when it really kicked in because like when you're in the hospital, you got nurses doing everything for you. Mm-hmm. Um, your buddies are in mm-hmm. there kind of just like telling you everything's going to be okay. Nothing's going to change. But then once you get to rehab and they show you like, 
you're pretty much starting all over again, like how to dress yourself, how to get up, how to do anything mm. really. Yeah. 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 Really like kicks in how dependent you now are going to be yeah. for, for quite a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, is a crazy, like I, a far less, a far less severe version of that. Um, uh, uh, I last year, but just over a year ago now I was hit by a car and broke my hip, um, while I was riding my bike. And, um, and having that transition for out of the hospital and back to home and then realizing like the the importance and like how how lucky I was to have the support of like my my family members and my partner and like people to like you know cook you food you know I had mm-hmm. Kyle was wiping wiping my ass and like you know, just, like things that you just that you're you'd never think that somebody is ever going to have to do that for you. And all of a sudden, you know, you're in a position where you can't, where you, where you can't and having that is, support. Is that why Kyla still wipes your ass day? Cause you, you realize I just that, really, I was just you like, really liked it. And yeah. You were like, hey, I was like, just, this is, this is great. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Uh, please keep wiping my ass. So yeah. I just make sure that she's always around. Uh, she's, she's such a great partner. You probably um, just wouldn't have finger slips. Uh, you through, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I go, I go, I go, I go, yeah. Can you use a little she less, goes, a little less toilet paper and, yeah. and make your, like, put your fingers in a bit of a tighter position? The she goes, one, oops. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Alex, um, what, why that this is going to sound like a really stupid question, but, uh, why were you, why, why can't you, uh, walk anymore? Why don't you have the use of your legs anymore? What, like, what was the thing that actually happened in the accident that like, what's the injury that caused that? Uh, so the main injury I have is it's a, it's an incomplete T7, T8. So pretty much, uh, the T7, T8 is the vertebrae. So, um, I'm an incomplete, which means that it's not severed completely, but the way the doctors put it is that it's pinched so bad, the nerves in between those two vertebrae are pinched so bad that the signal will never get across again. So, so pretty much like I can't feel anything from about two inches above my belly button down. Wow. Okay. Wow. In in terms of, in in terms of rehab, like when you, when you start to do rehab, when they tell you that like, you're never going to walk again, or like you have this incomplete, Tear or the 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 nerves are are never going to fire again. Um, what are you doing in rehab to try to get better at that point? Like when you first started in rehab, was there certain things that you just couldn't do at all? But like they're like, hey, you know, with practice, you'll start to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Oh yeah, like the big problem with me was because the car rolled on top of me and I broke so many bones. Like I shattered pretty much all my ribs. My sternum was like completely dusted. Um, so and then my shoulder. I don't know, the list goes on. And so like the big thing for me was like, I wasn't really able to move. So just like sitting up in the bed, I couldn't do. Um, I remember like, this is like a month in, my dad was able to take me out in the car. I wasn't able to lean forward in the front seat of the car to turn the volume up on the stereo. Mm. It was just like, it's a, it was a long, long road. Was, was being in the car the first time? Was it, uh, did you have any like... Um, anxiety uh, <laughs> or fear around that yeah like i i had taken taxis before that like as soon as i was able to get day passes my buddies were taking me out and uh being in the car was yeah it was pretty scary for the first little bit definitely mm. I, it, I i hope this isn't too personal but i i'm dying to know you you know you said you're like from belly button down uh you don't you don't have any sensation mm-hmm. uh like what like how do you do you, do you have like an ostomy? Like, how do you shit? How do you piss? Like, do you, do you have, 
Do you have the uh, use of your dick anymore? Like what? Like what's what's going on under your underpants? So yeah, the dick definitely uh, no sensation, which fucking blows, but it still works. Luckily, so I'm still able to. Oh, so you can you can still get an erection. It there's just no sensation. Oh, buddy, I'm like girls' best friends. My life, my <laughs> wife loves me because you just don't blow. So <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, man. So that is an forever. incredible skill. It's so and here's the crazy curse. thing is is we we haven't gotten to this yet, but Alex is uh, we're here to we, we you know we were going to talk about the the Paralympics, but we're we're actually going to be talking about his his career in porn, which has been just <laughs> just taken off. Um, it is next level. So if you want to follow his OnlyFans, it is OnlyFans. I, no, no, just, anyway, continue, continue, continue. No, so yeah, then there's that, and then uh, yeah, I just go to the wall. Like as far as taking a shit. It's pretty much the same way. Just uh, I have to time it out, so it's like because you don't know you don't know when you have to. Is I it, can is it kind that? of tell, like uh, I can kind of tell, like I'm getting fuller or like heavier, I guess. Mm. Right, it's hard. Just to, like like lighter, like like obviously not the same, not the same signals that you had before, but like there's you know, do, does that take does that take time to almost like. Yeah. tune in to those sensations that are like the new signals for you to to you know whatever go to the bathroom what or or to pick whatever yeah. yeah no i don't know what you mean yeah it's definitely the same thing like uh it's it's exactly what you said it's signals my body's telling me that i have to go to the washroom but it was different so i mean mm. like for the first couple of years being in a chair like uh it's such a pain in the ass man like you're pissing and shitting yourself all the time until you mm. get it figured out yeah, right. I mean, because yeah, you gotta like you—you you literally have to to relearn the way that your body functions. Like it—it's that's such a wild thing to think about. You know, you still so have we, like, like we're born with that innate ability to go. Oh, I know. Now is the time yeah, I go exactly. relieve myself. And and now it's for you. It's like you have to dial in this this much much more you know uh, in tune language with your own self to to figure to figure all that out. Yeah, for you, sure. Do you still have the ability to like control like the contractions of like oh like I know that it's time for me to go and shit so I'm gonna go and like you know uh, <laughs> contract and release and do whatever no, you have to do to like definitely it not. just goes okay. it just goes blah uh, no, <laughs> and then, not so much but I, luckily like everyone's different like that's the crazy part like there's uh, on the right, paracycling yeah. team there's three of us with all the same injury but all mm. of us are completely different so really mm. like for me. Like I can tell when I have to go to the washroom and it gives me some buffer time, but mm -hmm. for some people, not so much. Right. Okay. Because even though it's the same injury, I mean like the nervous system is so, is so complicated in the, in the way that, in the way that, you know, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of speculating here, but I guess like just in the way that something is just in the way that something is, is pinched even though maybe the injury of the, to the spine is the same, they might classify it as the same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure that there's like then underneath that, this like whole spectrum of like the degree to which that injury at yeah. that same location yeah, what, the spine. Yeah, what fires, what doesn't fire. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's all it, completely different. Alex, were you, uh, before your, your, um, your accident, were you, were you into cycling? Like was, was cycling a big part of your life or, is it, or was that something that you found after after um uh recovering from from your injuries uh, i did a little bit of cycling before um not too much just more like dirt jumping uh mountain biking a little bit but i was like grew up like any typical canadian kid playing hockey um i more or less got into hand cycling 
after my injury because I was uh, once I got out of rehab back at, to my parents' place, kind of back into the regular regular schedule of like working out and stuff started getting pretty chubby so i wanted to find a way to lose some weight and just came across hand cycling it, it would like when you came across it where was it an immediate sort of like like you know you know like like pe- people f- come across sports sometime and and they they that like their first taste of it they're like fuck i love this you know it's like taylor and i right before covid started going to jujitsu together and it was like an immediate like wow i you just know, like, this is something I want to, I want to pursue. Um, was it like that? Or did you, you know, did you, did you, cause like, I, I can't I, like, how does, how does it, how does it work? You, I guess you sit in like a cradle and then, and then yeah. you're just, well, you're just kinda, like pump. Yeah. It's kind of hard to explain. Like, uh, so it's pretty much like a regular bike except for flipped upside down and backwards. So like your, your drive mm-hmm. wheel, you're laying on your back with your legs straight out and your drive wheel is a single wheel in front of you in between your legs and then your crank is up over top of your chest so your arm you're actually cranking up as you're laying on your back and then you have two wheels in behind you mm-hmm. so it's like it's it's much harder than regular cycling for the fact that like you're pumping your arms above your heart so your heart oh, oh, yeah. that much more and then I just like, get a, a photo of this i'm pretty sure I, a photo of a bike because i'm i'm I, I'm looking know, at I, it right now. I've seen I, I I see guys on recumbents pretty like fairly frequently out. I'm a I'm a, like a, a a super avid cyclist, um, and uh, I see a lot of recumbents out around. But I'm pretty sure I did see a guy out yesterday um, with a uh, would it be called would it be called a hand cycling bike? Yeah, just a hand cycle. Yeah, uh, and, just, and they're uh, they're they're always three wheeled, like two wheels in the back and one in the front. Or yeah, just there... because uh, yeah, hand cycles always have three wheels, just because like uh, most of us don't have core. So, uh, yeah, I'm really curious about, sorry, I'm just really curious about how you found hand cycling, hand cycling out of all sports, because I think of like, oh man, like if I became a paraplegic or, uh, if I became a paraplegic sport would be something that I would probably go to, to try to, you know, at least set like a goal for recovery for myself to be able to like play or do, do this thing that, would be a unique new experience that I could, you know, try to get better at. Um, I see that as something that like I would, I would want to jump to, but immediately when I think of um, sports like that, I think of like sledge hockey or mm-hmm. wheelchair basketball. Um, those are like two that really jump out to me. Hand cycling wouldn't, wouldn't have been um, one of the first ones I would have thought of. So I'm curious as to like how you, like how did you come across that and what was it about hand cycling that was like, okay, I want to do this even though like I was a hockey player before and you know, sledge hockey might be an option for example. Yeah. Well, when you're in rehab, they kind of come in, you have like, I had a, one of the wheelchair rugby guys come in and talk to me. Um, so they kind of tell you about like the main sports, like sledge hockey, wheelchair, basketball, um, wheelchair rugby. But the problem is like with when I, like how I got into it was I, like I said, I was just starting to gain a little weight and wanted to get some cardio in. So Hand cycling right, popped yeah. up, and I found this like, I mean, super cruiser, like sit straight up, like nothing like the video, like the pictures you guys were just looking at, probably. Mm. And so I started doing that, going out with my buddies, started going further and like further and further each week, and then it just got to the point where like I was going as far as I could on this like pretty much piece of shit bike. 
So I found right. like I so I did some more research on Google and found hand cycling like as a sport. And like like of course like I wanted to get into sledge hockey and wheelchair basketball. But the problem with those sports is like uh amputees pretty much dominate the sport. Like you have a lot of guys in both like wheelchair basketball and sledge hockey that can walk. Like they have like a disability, right, yeah. but like they're able to use their full core. So you're already at a huge disadvantage when it comes to that where hand cycling is broken up into five different categories, all based off your disability. So it's a, it's a pretty well level playing field. Is right, this, yeah, um, cause I, I just saw, I just saw a photo of a guy and, and I'm, I'm wondering if this is a part of within those, like those categories, but a guy who has, he, he it looked like he didn't have a left leg, but he was on a regular bicycle. Like, and, and we, you know, holding onto the, the handlebars with his hands and, and using, I guess, one foot clipped into yeah to kind of like propel the bike. So like that would be a category that you wouldn't particularly, you yeah. wouldn't race against because yeah, so it's kind of, inside of kind of give you guys background on the sport. Like, so we have the hand cycles, which is the H, H class H one through H five H one and two is your low functioning and high functioning quads. So they're like H uh, ones are guys that like they're strapping their hands to the pedals because they have no muscles to hold on to them pretty much. Right. Well, and then H threes uh, is mine, and then H fours is pretty much guys that have most of their core to their uh, hips, and then H uh, five guy or sorry H fours and then H fives are kneelers. So those are guys that like amputees that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that don't want to like that can't or don't really necessarily want to ride a regular two, two wheeled bike. And then you have your C classes that are the two wheels. So you like C one is you got like, uh, we have a guy named Ross Wilson and I forget what disease he has, but he has pretty much no movement, like no feeling from his knees down. Um, very little movement in his hands and Hmm. all the way up to C five, which are guys that race pro, like they could be missing a couple fingers. And, right. then we, and, then right. your, okay. and then you have your trikes, which is uh, people that like brain injuries or they have trouble balancing a two wheeled bike. So they ride a tri- tricycle. It's so wild oh. how they break it down like that. I just mm-hmm. threw something. If you click on the chat thing in the bottom right hand corner, the second one, the sport dot sport on dot com. Wait, if you click on that Dude, link, this I, promise bike it, is I promise it, I promise it won't be a virus. Um, <laughs> it, it, is it, I mean, you know, yeah. from my from my from my cycling experience, I mean, it's got like deep section carbon wheels, and it's got Altegra components on it. Like, it yeah. looks pretty that's, legit. Was that like a good representation of what you'd be what you'd be riding? Yeah, like that's somewhat. That's kind of old school now. Like that's uh, yeah, right. Like an aluminum frame, uh, big wheels. Like so, right now we're using all carbon frames. Yeah. Uh, that's got the big wheels on the back. We were actually we went to twenty inch wheels. Just oh, okay. The, yeah, so the, those like, look like those look like seven hundred C like like road like yeah, road bike wheels. Those are probably six fifty Cs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, what's your what's your yeah, what's your FTP? The guys and, uh, asked me. The, guy, and, the guys and, asked and, me and, not to get technical. Can, can, can you sorry. calculate your? Can you calculate the wattage of your FTP <laughs> when we're Taylor you know and, and the and the cogs in, in your? <laughs> Taylor couldn't resist. He couldn't. I can't resist. Before Alex, before we got on the call, we we gave Taylor the lecture about not nerding out about biking too much, but he couldn't resist. It's my jam. I see see this website with these deep section wheels on it. Is this what you're riding? (laughs) Um, uh, I I mean, you know, it is is very fascinating. I mean, looking at that bike is like, it's it's fucking cool. I would love to, I'd love to hop on one and and at least feel what it, what it, experience what it feels like. Um, 
But I, I am so you know we're we're talking about we started this entire thing by by me stating that uh, Alex, you were a a, a Paralympic athlete and and you corrected me by saying you're a paralympic hopeful yeah and um so so you're you know you're working you're striving towards uh qualifying for the paralympics and competing at the paralympics um and it was a couple of weeks ago uh during one of our friday episodes where we had we we were talking about the fact that covid kind of swept through the world and and um basically like ended all sports (laughs) for the most part um Mm -hmm. And we were, we're aware now that the, the Olympics have been postponed. And I take it that the Paralympics uh, fit within that as well. Yeah. And they're, they're also being postponed. Um, what, what does that mean for you? And, and like, where were you on your journey? And when you found out that the Paralympics were being postponed, like, what, what did that mean for you? Uh, so I, up to them announcing that the Paralympics were postponed a year, I had done everything in my power to be selected to go. It was just a matter of being selected. But now with the games being postponed, the whole selection policy is kind of up in the air because right now, uh, like obviously all our races for the year were canceled and we still had two World Cups to qualify, to get qualifying points. So right now they're trying to figure out whether we're going to have races before the games next year or if selection is going to be off of everything up till now. So really, to answer that question, it's kind of everything's up in the air, up in yeah. the air, and hard to know, hard to know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like everything else in the world right now. Yeah, like it's yeah. Like, yeah. I, like are you are you still able to train? Like, are you still kind of working your ass off to to oh, yeah. keep to keep yourself like in peak peak shape and and ready to to kind of like you know hop on a plane and go go race like anywhere at any any point if they decide to to you know lift restrictions. Yeah, definitely. Well, for me, like I, I race because I train. I don't train to race. I, I enjoy the training part a lot more than I enjoy racing. So for me, like give me an extra 15 months to prep for a race. Okay, perfect. Like I, <laughs> like I, I kind of seen it coming when stuff started getting canceled. You know, the NHL, the big, like these big machines are canceling all their seasons. Like I almost seen yeah. writing on the wall. So for me, it, it like, the games is going to be in Tokyo. So it's extremely hilly. And I live in like Southern Ontario where you can watch your dog run away for days. So an extra <laughs> 15 months of prepping for Hills doesn't, isn't bad for me at all. Yeah. How, how, do, kind you, of how see... do you do that? Like how do you prep for Hills in, in, in like, in like big sky country? <laughs> you go against the wind or you, uh, <laughs> I, I travel a lot to Quebec cause that's where our team's based out of is Bromont, Quebec. So I hang out there a lot, climb. And then we do a lot of training camps. Like when we found out about the season being canceled and, uh, pretty much everything's shutting down, we were at a training camp in Hawaii prepping for oh. Tokyo. Oh, yeah. Well, she, amazing. We, where, like, where in Hawaii? Uh, we were Sorry, on the big island. Yeah, sweet. Um, a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Now we were chatting with that we were chatting with a woman who is um, uh, who's like like ninety nine percent blind, and uh, and she was a really avid cyclist. And we were chatting about um, you know like accessibility features on um, for bikes and 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 uh, and like training apps and um, and I was asking her if she uses like Zwift or Sufferfest or things like that. Like you know. Um, training, training, um, training plans. And from a, from like a training perspective, are you able to use 
Um, is there like any type of integration that you can do using like using something like Zwift or those indoor like indoor trainers? Like, what does that look like for you? Do you have an indoor training setup where you can simulate? Like, you know, I use Zwift um, with my thing inside, and mm-hmm. you know, I can I can make a route. I can make a route and then take that GPS file and simulate it indoors. Yeah. Um, for like prepping for like climbs or like you know, mountainous terrain or whatever that we just don't, that you might not have in your own backyard. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So I have a smart trainer that I use, mm-hmm. uh, in the garage all winter. And then, yeah, I don't use uh, Zwift a whole lot. Cause I find that I'm a super competitive dude. So when someone passes me, I get pissed off and try to, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I overdo it quite a bit, but no. Yeah. So I train like training, like the whole COVID thing hasn't really messed up my training at all besides not being able to go to the gym. But I have yeah. like, I have some weights and stuff in the garage that I can get by with. Mm-hmm. In t- in terms of um, like mental health and facing setbacks, um, you know we 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 haven't really um, gone into a ton of details about about uh, your mental health on the road to uh, recovering from your accident. But um, just to maybe kind of like give us an idea about what that was like in comparison to you know, this setback of like having the delay in, and, you know, the Paralympics being pushed until next year and having to, um, deal with that, uh, stress as an athlete. Is there, is there any comparison or is there anything that your, your experience with your accident taught you about, you know, um, perseverance and resilience that you kind of drew on to inform the way that you prepare yourself for the Paralympics? Uh, you know, I've been asked that question a few times. Um, and really, to be honest with you, like to compare being hurt to something with sport, I can't really do because, uh, like, you know, people always say like, oh, you're so inspirational for getting through what you did, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is though, like, what am I going to do? Lay in bed all day? Like, like you, like you get hurt, you got to, like, yeah, it sucks. It really fucking sucks, but you got to kind of suck it up and get on with it. Like I'm, I'd be lying if I said there's days where I like, I don't get mad about it. I still do obviously, but mm-hmm. so like comparing, like getting over that to sport, I just love to suffer. So sport, like hand cycling, especially like anyone that's a cyclist, Taylor, you would know. If you don't like to suffer, you're going to hate cycling. So it's two different, <laughs> two different things. Yeah. Got to love it. Yeah. Um, well, this, this has been really, really cool, man. I'm, I'm, I, you know, it, it's a fucking bummer that, uh, that there's, there's been the delays and, and, and that COVID's kind of like screwed up plans for the future. But, uh, again, you know, we, we've, we've been having a lot of conversations with, uh, healthcare professionals in the world of like vaccinations and, and epidemiologists. And, you know, I'm feeling pretty hopeful that we're, we're going to be back on track within, you know, within like the span of a year, uh, fingers crossed. Um, and so it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to like watch your, uh, your progression and, and to see, you know, one day to be like tuning in to fucking root for you, uh, while you're, while you're crossing the finish line. So, Hopefully. uh, Alex, yeah, thanks so much for, for taking the time to sit down with us today and shoot the shit. Um, oh, and is it like, is there anywhere like our listeners can like follow what you're up to? Like, are you, uh, are you, are you big on social media or, uh, or, or like, I'm terrible at social media, but, uh, probably the 
Best place would be Instagram at Heine Whelan, H-Y-N-I Whelan. Um, that's pretty much the only place I post stuff. Uh, I'm trying to get better at it, but I mean, right now with the COVID thing, I'm me posting a picture every day of, Hey, just got done training for. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Cool. Well, th- well, thanks man. This, uh, this was really fun to talk to you and, uh, and it means a lot. No, I appreciate yeah, it. Guys. I like, I like the way you guys are doing here. It's pretty fucking cool. Well, there you have it folks. I uh, hope you enjoyed those conversations as much as we did. And, um, and fingers crossed, you know, we're, we're hoping that uh, Alex and Melissa get to, to live out their dreams, um, you know, I guess in 2021. Uh, only time will tell, I suppose. Uh, but in the meantime, if you happen to see an Olympic or Paralympic hopeful out on the streets, out in the wild, um, give them, well, you can't give them a hug. Be, uh, because hugs are out of fashion now and can't give them a high five. Give them a nice wink, a nice wink so they can still see, um, even even though your face should be covered in a mask, they can still see you. Yeah, and, and you know what? A wink with a little, like a, um, the little like pew, 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 like the gun, just a little gun wink, pew, like for to say, I see ya and I feel ya and... I'm, I'm hoping you live, live your wildest dreams, you know? So do that. That's nice. And, uh, and so, yeah, and that's it for this week. Um, uh, it, thanks for listening. You can follow us on Spotify or if you want, if you're, if you're not doing the Spotify thing, go to Apple podcasts and leave a rating and a review and hit the subscribe button. And if you want to support the podcast in other ways, uh, we have a wonderful Patreon that has been just so much fun to interact with over the last year, especially it's, it's really been picking up. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash sick boy for a bunch of exclusive, um, merch, exclusive hangouts, exclusive episodes. Um, so again, patreon.com slash sick boy. And then of course, thank you to Donovan, the C pap Morgan for all the sound design and all the work that he does every single week. We couldn't do this without you, buddy. And, uh, I want to say Donovan, thank you for making it sound like I am me personally. Jeremy Saunders am the, the, the Olympic torchbearer this year. And here I go up, up the steps. Up the steps! Oh my God! And and because because they postponed the Olympics for a whole year, that it's the largest attended Olympics yet because COVID has been completely wiped out. Look at me! Look at all these people! Wow! And now I'm lighting, I'm lighting the bowl that has the flammable liquid in it. And oh no! I I I, I fell into it, and I'm and I'm burning. Listen to my flesh burn, and listen to the screams of the of the millions of um, live witnesses. Wow. Thanks for making it sound like that, Donovan. And, um, uh, and hey, thanks to Take Part or whatever the fuck your guys' band name is now. I mean, you're not even a band anymore. So thanks for your music. We love you guys. And uh, also, you know what? I want to say thanks to Lauren. Lauren, our, our communications lead and our new, uh, newest best friend and, and Fr- Feel Good Friday co-hosts because we love Lauren and we couldn't do this without her either. And then finally, I want to say thanks to each and every one of you and, and your, and all of your parents, because if it wasn't for your parents, you wouldn't be listening to this. So, so thanks to our listeners, parents. All right. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy. You were listening to Brian and Taylor and this is sick boy. 
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.